This is John Bailey, the epic voice of Honest Trailers, and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. It's a fangirls podcast with five-ish people. The tangents and squee will continue. Squee. Just as we continue all the way to episode 403 of the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. You got trouble, my friends. Trouble right here. Trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for podcast. <laughs> Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. So glad you joined us. Let's start off like a new Eric with a virtual table and see who joined us this week. This is the email video. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. How is everybody? We're here. Obviously, I yes. am feeling better. Uh <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we have got quite a bit of ground to cover because award season award season is just like right here so uh hey uh so we had uh the golden globes Mm -hmm. uh, which of course it covers both tv and film um but um you know, get, getting it, getting an idea of what the Oscar race may look like because, and actually, we get Oscar nominations next week. I think, like next Friday or something like that. So, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we'll see how things go. But uh, you know, uh, right now we've got uh, Steven Spielberg walking away with a. Uh, Best drama motion picture with the Fablemans, Kate uh, Blanchett for Tar, Austin Butler for Elvis. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, you've got uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio winning for Best Animated Motion That's Picture. Awesome. So. Um, we got uh, Angela Bassett won for Best Supporting Actress for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg Best Director for The Fablemans. Uh. Uh, Sorry, best original song and the song from RRR. Uh, House of Dragon winning best drama television series. So, so yeah, got uh, oh, Amanda Seyfried won for the dropout. <laughs> She's so weird in that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she's good, but yeah, knowing that she's, you know, she's playing a real person and if you actually listen to uh the 
the, the real life person used, it sounds exactly the same. She like she did a really good job of of mimicking her her way of speaking and stuff. So, so um, and then we had the critics' choice awards, um, which again covers film and TV. Um, so, um, but in this case, everything, everywhere, all at once one best picture yeah Brendan uh, mm-hmm. Fraser won for the whale uh, which I've been watching clips of his interviews and stuff afterward and I'm just like I'm not going to cry I'm not going to cry yeah yes. right <laughs> yeah a tear or two were shed because that man just ah yeah I caught part of his acceptance and I'm like oh come so far since the mummy yes exactly it is so good for those of us who grew up you know as kids teenagers young adults watching his movies and then all of a sudden he was just gone from movies right mm-hmm. and then like this big you know oh and now he's coming back and doing stuff and i'm like we always knew you were special mm-hmm. so yeah it's like give him all these words please yeah mm-hmm um check uh, another one for kate blanchett for for tar um, he's probably a good choice for uh for our picks <laughs> yep uh, uh, uh check another one for kate kate kwan for everything everywhere all at once which is so <laughs> uh, talk about someone who has come a long way <laughs> yes you know, you know, I, he's, I, he's come a long way since short rap i saw i saw a video of a little bit on of a video on twitter like running up to brendan fraser and congratulating him and i'm just like that is the most wholesome thing i've ever seen mm-hmm. so so good mm-hmm. and his acceptance speech at the golden globes and was Stephen happened happening to be there and him saying it was just like oh my gosh no i'm not crying i got something mm-hmm. in my eye <laughs> i'm not crying you're crying right mm-hmm. yeah right like it's okay short round it's okay okay you could go hunt pirate treasure with the rest of the goonies after uh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, so that was that was that was hard. Yep. Uh another one for Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Woohoo! Yeah. Um the Critics Choice has some different categories of extra categories that some of the others don't yeah. like. Best acting ensemble for which went to Glass Onion and Ives at Mystery, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, best director in this case went to everything everywhere all at once so sorry steven he's probably fine yeah yeah ruth carter walking away with another costume design award for black panther wakanda forever (laughs) yeah uh, Pinocchio de Torres Pinocchio wins best animated film again. Foreign language seems to be all over the case because with the Golden Globes, it went to Argentina 1985. In this case, for Critics' Choice, it went to RRR. So, um, 
Yeah. Then in the TV, nothing do exciting. A lot of stuff that I was like, I could have called that even though I've never watched it. Although, best movie made for television went to Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Yay! I saw that. And best actor in a limited series or movie made for TV went to Daniel Radcliffe for Weird, the Al Yankovic story. (laughs) Yay! Mm -hmm. There you go. Yep. And then we've got... um, SAG award nominations, which is pretty much the same for what we've been seeing. So, mm-hmm. which again, SAG covers film and TV. So obviously, TV does not mean much as far as our Oscar. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. Guesses, but uh, it's so interesting to look at. But- yeah Yeah. and again they've got some 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 unique categories they have outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture outstanding actual performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture and one for television so which there really should be a category for stunts at the at the uh um yeah but that's another that's another story yep so, but uh, it looks like the, at least the front runners, as far as just like picking up nominations, uh, once again, everything, everywhere, all at once. And then the ba- Banshees of Inishalin. So. But the. Uh, we shall see. Mm-hmm. We will indeed. Oh. And then we got a new trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So we get got a better look at Kang. Mm-hmm. Along with uh, more of the quantum realm and a certain modok <laughs> mm-hmm. as well so interesting to see how modok fits into all of us uh yeah but yeah should be good excited and now we're now it's like we got that trailer and we're well uh, as we're recording this a month It'll be a month tomorrow till release. So for the next month, I shall now try to avoid mm-hmm. as much Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania stuff that gets released as possible. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like, we got the teaser trailer. We got the proper trailer. I'm good. Mm-hmm. No more. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I'm a little afraid the trailer actually spoiled the whole plot but maybe there's more to it who knows mm, i think i think there's definitely way more to it no so, with kang involved yeah, everything is not as it seems we learned that quickly just uh-huh. with the, what screen time he got in loki so <laughs> 
So that is really it for the news. So um, if you have not updated your feeds, though, I did make an appearance on Next Stop Everywhere. Nicely podcast. done, Rachel. Thank you. Nice. With Charles and Jesse, where we got to talk sixty and ten. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we team up we never thought we'd want, but we actually needed. Yeah. <laughs> In the audio wink. <laughs> so which that was a lot of fun to talk about. I mean, I'm always excited to talk about the Six Doctor. So, yeah. But Six and Ten together, yeah. I mean, and I'm also yeah. always a sucker for a multi-doctor story. So. Well, mm -hmm. of course. Of course. <laughs> big, big, finish, big Finish does it very well. Yes. 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 And they managed to figure out a way to do Weeping Angels in audio that works. So. Yep. Yes, it worked very well. Yep. So, what you could go listen to that uh, on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast. All right. So, feedback. We got feedback from Shalane. Uh, and I guess apparently our episode last week threw her for a warp loop because she said, she says, I thought you girls were going to talk about Snow White until the live action starring Rachel Ziegler and Gal Gadot was going to be released. <laughs> surprise uh, <laughs> which i think both those ladies are perfect for the roles but since this year we're celebrating 100 years of disney i guess it works yeah that was the point uh anyway i love snow white when i was younger snow white is my eighth favorite disney princess <laughs> and she's I'm my friend's ranking them now <laughs> yeah and she's my friend's favorite top, and he is excited for the live action remake. Um, and he loves Rachel Ziegler in the new West Side Story. Because uh, I also have a picture of me and Snow White when I went on my first trip to Disney World. Um, and she says, I think we saw a Snow White play on my family's first trip to Disneyland, which I don't know the history we of live stuff at disneyland I so don't okay i'm trying to remember because i do remember we were standing in line for something was it anyway we we're over in fantasy land and there was like a stage ne like next to where the line was whatever it was i don't remember mm -hmm. um and there was you know a performance of sort of some sort going on and i i do believe snow white was involved ah. i remember like i remember like trees and forest animals being a thing but it was it didn't seem like it was the full-on snow white it felt like it was like they like they was all like a, a bunch of dis a different disney princesses and they were doing performances like musical performances of all the different from all the different movies so it wasn't strictly snow white but it was you know a little bit of everything mm -hmm. but like i said we were waiting in line for something and and uh we you know the line moved and we only got to see the snow white part of it so it wasn't like we were sitting in the audience it was just it happened it was happening while we were waiting which was 
I remember thinking, this is kind of nice. You know, you're waiting in line and you have some entertainment going on to kind of make mm-hmm. you a little less boring, which I mm-hmm. was like, this is cool. So I, I was, I appreciated that. But yeah, we didn't get to, I, I don't, we didn't get to see the whole thing, but it was, it was, I do remember like waiting in line and there was that going on. So it was fun. I, I, I don't think it was Snow White full on and I couldn't even tell you what the name of the stage was because... It was our first, it was our first time, my first time ever going, and mm-hmm. it was, I was just kind of basking in the, the experience <laughs> yeah. of it. And it was, that was in 2005, so 17 no, years it's ago. It's been a while. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's been yeah. a hot minute, and it's mm-hmm. very weird it's been that long, but then again, yeah. uh, when, when we yeah. went, Shalane was not quite 10 and she was very, she was, she was very miffed that we all kept calling her nine because her birthday's in July. We went in June, but you know, you get, there's a lot of discounts if you're nine and younger. So we said, mm-hmm. nine, you're nine. It's like, no, I'm double 10. It's like, no, shush. shush. <laughs> almost, almost doesn't count in this case. No, no it oh, trust me. I went legally, you're still nine. So therefore, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went. I I had to bite my tongue a couple of times to get, when I was younger to get the discount. I was like, "You're pretending you're this age." I'm like, "Okay." It's like, no, you are. You are nine for the for all. Your birthday is not till July, so you just button. Yeah. <laughs> so I do remember that. That's funny. But yeah. Sorry, Shalane, but I had to tell that story because it's funny. <laughs> uh she says uh she says she was snow white for halloween once when she was younger and dopey is her favorite dwarf i imagine dopey's a lot a lot of people's favorites um i have i've always had a soft spot for doc because he has to put up with a lot of crap yeah (laughs) i I rotate between doc and dopey for my two faves Yeah, and I really sorry I missed last week. I had a lot of things I wanted to say about Snow White, but Jared threw his back out, and there was no way he could have watched the kids while I podcasted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Dang it!" Understand. So, but yeah, I love Snow White, and I just I know it's like a lot of, and I know a lot of people dog on it because like, oh, she's so passive, she's so this. I'm like, actually, she's not as passive as you think. If you actually uh-uh. re- watch, watch, because my biggest thing is like. You know she's, you know the the evil queen wants to kill her. She sends the the hunt sends her out with the huntsman, and the huntsman you know has a you know an attack an attack of conscience and tells her she needs to run and hide. And the first you know place of safety she comes upon, I mean she's been working as a maid for so long. That's a mm-hmm. skill she has. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay, I I will I will do housework for you if you help me like stay hidden away from the evil queen, and you know they take pity on her because yeah, the place is a dump and they could really use a housekeeper. So and that was it's like that's actually kind of smart when she when you're in that situation. She wasn't expecting to be on the run for her life. Mm-hmm. And I always figured that the prince was like there was you know somebody she knew from like childhood or something. Yeah, or her father. We discussed died. that. Yeah, yeah, that's so. that. I read I read someone's theory on the on the comments of a YouTube video when I was doing my research, and that yeah. that's and the reason she runs away 
when he catches her singing by the wishing well is because she's in her rags, which he's never seen her in. And she was embarrassed. Yeah. Not, not because, Oh my, a stranger It's like, Oh no, I don't well, want you to see me like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm like, that, that's like, that makes it a little more romantic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Oh, if I had the time and the inclination and the ability, I would, I would do a, a, a rewrite of it and just be like, this is what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, it's Snow White. Snow White's a good one, and you don't have to give her a sword or a, or a bow and arrow to make her competent because she does that on her own. Mm-hmm. At least the cartoon yeah. version. Mary Margaret, on the other hand, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> there were there were there were things about that that I was like, I don't think you really had to do that, but that's okay. Yep, because we got Captain Hook out of that show and. Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, she says, I also watched Snow White at the beginning of this month. She has a New Year's resolution to watch all the Disney animated movies in order. Um, and then she's also going to try to watch the, some of the Mickey Mouse shorts and some Pixar uh, live action, maybe some Marvel, Star Wars. Essentially, she's going to go all out because it's 100 years of Disney, which, hey, right on. Yay! You have you have a Disney, you have Disney Plus now, like, you know, even five years ago, that would have been very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then she asks, are we going to talk about other early classics like Pinocchio and Fantasia? Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're on the list. <laughs> yep um and then she mentions the stuff the snow white related stuff she's seen which for a lot of it is the stuff that we've talked about um uh she says i gave you the idea for ever after cinderella story do you think you'll do an episode on cinderella yes uh <laughs> there's a lot to talk about with cinderella but yes yeah. ever after mm-hmm. I, i'm just gonna say it is my favorite version of cinderella it's just it's one of it, it it's like one of it's one of my desert island movies in mm-hmm. this ever after maybe one of these maybe one of these episodes you should do a, an episode like that what's your what's your desert island yeah oh yeah oh that's that, good that, that's good. Good. Yeah. good job that'd be good I was actually thinking Don't about this the other day. <laughs> um, and then she mentions that we did talk a little bit about Peter Pan uh, in that because he pops up and we didn't start the fire. So does that does that count? <laughs> so we don't have to talk and do an whole episode on Peter Pan. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we'll give Peter Pan no. his due. At, we'll do, at some we'll do point. Peter Pan, and it's not like there aren't a lot of versions of Peter Pan out there. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. really, we were just really with that. We were just touching upon the Peter Pan based on where it fits in the the song lyrics, the time period. Yeah, that yeah. No, we'll, Billy we'll Joel's talk. referring to. So we'll talk Peter Pan. I, I mean. It, it, it is one of my one of my favorite movies the disney movies and just kind of fairy tales in general there's also so many different interpretations it's very 
interesting the way mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. can take that one so many different ways but but we'll we'll get to that we'll get mm-hmm. to that oh yeah today, i think yeah. that'll be very interesting to discuss yeah um and we've we've covered aladdin and pocahontas already so and mulan so mm-hmm. we got those covered and beauty and the beast so um uh she says chrissy d- tried to get me into doctor who <laughs> i did try yeah. she was being it came at a time it was good for me but my my younger sisters were kind of being obstinate uh about a lot of things just you know mm-hmm. so it it was it was just not a good time to try but yeah. you know um and then she says since the live action little mermaid's coming out this year are we going to talk about the little mermaid probably um we'll, we'll figure something out yeah yeah uh she says um uh comparing um uh avatar blue avatar as she calls it to <laughs> things like dances with wolves uh says if you don't want to watch movies like et or the shining then watch stranger things which those things are referenced yes uh, she's like going back I to Enchanted. Yeah, she said like, go back to the Enchanted, the theater company I worked for this past summer. Years back, they did a Disney musical called When You Wish with uh, a lot of favorite Disney movies like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, Snow White. And they had Snow White sing, That's How You Know. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Uh, she says, fun fact, in the movie Descendants, Evil Queen is the same actress that's in Hocus Pocus. I don't know who, who she's talking about. And yeah, both the movie know. Descendants and the first Hocus Pocus are both directed by the same guy, Kenny Ortega. Right? Uh, so the last thing about Snow White, I found a video on YouTube of the voice of Snow White at an older age, and she's saying just the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one. Uh, I didn't find a way. I find a good way to to sneak it in is a random piece of trivia uh, with Snow White. But the prince in Disney Snow White, the the OG cartoon, the prince, the voice of the prince is Dean Stockwell's father. Oh wow! Yeah wow cool yeah. all right <laughs> so there you go how do you connect quantum leap quantum leap to snow white there you go one step <laughs> mm-hmm. that's how you do it degrees of separation yep yep because i was looking at the cast list and i'm like wait a minute stockwell that's an awful you nucleus name yeah that doesn't there's not too many of those you you do enough you do enough uh research and and what what we would consider law you know quote unquote ancient history really isn't that long ago at all mm-hmm. just one generation back mm-hmm. realistically yep. so that is shalane's feedback thank you shalane yes oh all right let's get on to 
this week's main topic which again this is i know me too i this is speaking of desert island movies the 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 robert preston version of this of this musical is one of my favorites and oh me too Oh, I love it. I mean, I, I watched the, the, the Matthew Broderick one that they did in what you know. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, oh, I did watch it and I was like, this is weird. It's <laughs> like, bad. Yeah. It is, it is it's very bad. really, really bad. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, never again, never again. And I went and bought the uh, the, the Blu-ray. <laughs> or, yeah. I don't know. I own, I own it because dang, Music Man is so cool. And, yeah. and just mm-hmm. just just as a point of interest so the year that jared and i started dating and we we'd only been out on a few dates we didn't know if we were like official but i had seen that um the the theater uh, the local oh well there's a lot of theater companies up here in salt lake but the one that uh, the, the pioneer theater company was doing the music man and it was going to be over my birthday and me and my dad have the same birthday and we both love this musical and i was like dad oh, let's get tickets and you and i go for our for our birthday and he's like hey that'd be awesome so and i hadn't bought the tickets yet but but jared and jared and i we I like when i say we've been dating it's like i go over to his house and we watch doctor who and have pizza well then one week he he texts me and says hey my mom has season tickets to pioneer theater she can't use these ones because there was something she was doing do you want to go and it was the music man and i was like mm. uh yes i do i had and my dad and i had had really made plans beyond that that initial text and i was like that's like one of my favorite musicals and i really want to go to it and i would love to go with it go to it with you and this was our first date that wasn't going to Jared's apartment. (laughs) This was our first, you know, going somewhere nice, dressed up and and you know. So we went and saw that and it was like, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Another reason for me to adore it if I didn't Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of my it's one of my dad's in this uh, one is yeah, amazing. I, yeah. I mean yeah. Oh my goodness. Um short of me just squeeing uh for the next 20 minutes. Um <laughs> um I thought it, I thought it'd be interesting to uh look at the man who created the music man, Meredith Wilson, okay. to maybe put cool. a bit more yeah. context mm-hmm. uh, because his life was heavily influenced. Yeah. That's where he got the idea yeah. uh, for yeah, the this show is, from. This, yeah, this this musical is very much inspired by his real life. Yeah, you know, his 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 kind of like where he grew up and the people yeah. he knew and just kind of what his town was like. Yeah. Maybe not so, as much. Oh, you know, we had con yeah. men all the time, but yeah. So Robert Robert Reiniger Meredith Wilson. <laughs> uh, he was from Mason City, Iowa, um, where he has uh, an, an older brother um, and an older sister. 
and um he was uh an accomplished musician in his own right he attended um what at the time was called frank damrush's institute of musical art which nowadays we know it is juilliard uh <laughs> so uh uh, but it, as a kid, he played the best bass drum for the Salvation Army Band. Um, he went on to play flute and piccolo um, and actually became a member of John Philip Sousa's band in the 1920s. Um, and then later, the New York Philharmonic Orchestra under Arturo Toscanini, who we mentioned <laughs> uh thanks to billy joel so um yeah, yeah. um so yeah well, so, I mean, he, he when he mentions john <laughs> philip Sousa and the music man he's speaking from experience uh yeah. <laughs> he knows and it makes he, me wonder in in the in the six in the 1963 movie because uh robert preston just has that pause and that like really very grave and John Philip Sousa. I'm like, I wonder if that was like a nod to Meredith mm -hmm. Wilson having performed in that band. And it's like, yes, I have the utmost respect for this band. So my yeah. character will will will, you know, express that as well. I was like, you mm -hmm. know, I wonder if. Maybe. Um so then he moved out to California, started doing scores for film and the like. Uh he did scores for things like Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, uh, which got him a, an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Score. Um, so he worked for the United States Armed Forces Radio Service during World War II um, and did uh, uh, work uh, with George Burns and Gracie Allen on the Burns and Allen radio program. <laughs> Uh, he had his own program on NBC in 1942 called Meredith Wilson's Music. Um, so, um, but uh, he got um, the idea for the uh, Music Man based on his boyhood living in mason city iowa um he was writing his memoir uh in 1948 uh and there i stood with my piccolo um and uh he had approached uh some people about maybe doing a television special and they turned him down and then he went to mgm um and they were like no um and uh, then he invited Franklin Lacey um, to help him with it. Um, and he, it just kind of snowballed and evolved into the different songs and stuff. Um, and um, the character of Marion is inspired by uh, Marion Seeley of Provo, Utah, who Wilson met during World War II when Seeley was a medical records librarian. That's probably why it is it is such a popular musical around here. 
I don't mm-hmm. I I have no idea if that's the case, but I just know it gets a lot of I uh you know, everybody loves it. <clears throat> yeah. It feels like anyway. Yeah. Um the show was originally titled The Silver Triangle. Um and the story focused on a a little boy named Jim Peru who has uh like partial paralysis some sort of physical malady um who the townspeople want to send him off to an institution for children with disabilities um and Harold Hill uh uh wants him to be involved in the boys band uh so they the instrument that they find that he could play is the triangle <laughs> um in some versions jim is completely nonverbal um and then when he was working on the song wells fargo wagon um and there's a the a young boy with a lisp is singing who is kind of nameless just one of the townspeople that he realized no the the kid with the lisp could be a more central character so the the random lisping kid during wells fargo evolved into being uh this 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 child um winthrop Winthrop. oh Mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah, it, adorably it's... by Ron Howard. Yes, <laughs> he was, was at Ron, the time Ron... Ronnie Howard. Howard, uh, yeah. just, yes, just like so adorable. And even now, like I see him, he's directing a Star Wars movie or anything like that. It's like, oh, it's little Ronnie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Ronnie he ended. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, Wilson ended up working on this thing for like eight years. Wrote like forty songs. Obviously, there's not that many in the show. Uh, so a lot were cut. Um, went through like a lot of music. Yeah, dozens mm-hmm. and dozens of drafts um, before finally reaching the version that eventually opened um, on Broadway in December of 1957 at the Majestic Theater. Um, so it played the Majestic for nearly three years before transferring to the Broadway Theater, um, where it uh played for 1,375 performances and oh, ran wow. there until April 15th, 1961. Um, in the original class, it cast included Robert Preston uh, as Harold Hill, Barbara Cook played Marion, Eddie Hodges as Winthrop, Pert Kelton, who would go on to the film as as widow peru uh iggy wolfington as marcellus washburn and david burns as mayor shin and then the, actually the buffalo bills uh were uh og cast members as well um so uh and then paul ford who plays mayor shin in the film was actually david burns's replacement when he left the stage version so uh, so there are some of the OG cast in the film. Some of them are replacements. Some of them are brand new. Never from never were in the the stage production. Um, so, uh, but uh, it ended up winning five Tonys, including Best Musical. Uh, they actually beat out West Side Story. <laughs> 
Um, and Robert Preston won uh, for for lead actor in a musical. Um, so um, there were some other stage versions uh, elsewhere around the world. There was a UK version, an Australian version. Um, there is a revival in New York in 1965. Uh, there was a three-week revival in 1980, which Dick Van Dyke played Harold Hill. Oh, okay, that cool. would have been... That and Christian been Slater played Winthrop. <laughs> oh, wow. That is awesome. Because when I was watching Music Man, you know... I could see, I'm just like, man, just some of the mannerisms. I'm just like, I could actually see Dick Van Dyke if we couldn't have gotten our main actor for the originally cast. Like, I could see him in this role mm -hmm. and enjoy it immensely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, there's a lot that, that Robert Preston does. I'm like, this, this is so Dick Van Dyke. Like, if you think about mm -hmm. it, but it's also, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's Dick Van Dyke with some, but with some differences, which is yes. Like, oh yes. Yeah. So now, now that I know, oh, he actually did play Harold Hill at one point. I'm like, dang it! Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously, way, way before I was born, but still, it's like that would have been cool to see. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyone who was there got to see it. I'm jealous. Yeah. Yes. And then, of course, the current revival that literally just ended yesterday. Uh, as we're recording this, their final performance was yesterday mm -hmm. evening um, at uh, the Winter Garden Theater with Hugh Jackman as Hill and Sutton Foster as Marion. Um, uh, I remember so. when that was announced, I'm like, ooh, I want to go to it. And There was a lot of controversy. Not so much that it was just the music, that it was this particular show. It's because it was going into the Winter Garden Theater where the Beetlejuice musical had gone, which people felt like it was getting the, the short shaft. Uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, that it was replacing the Beetlejuice musical? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what? What's so controversial about Hugh Jackman and the Music Man? Oh, okay. Nothing. So it's not. just they were, people were mad because Beetlejuice was getting the, the boot. Um, ah, okay. Oh. So um but yeah obviously it's hugh jackman <laughs> so yes I which when i heard about it i was like oh that's cool because you know because i i mean i love the music band unfortunately it's not a very commonly performed uh, like chrissy was saying like you go on like youtube there's a, like a lot of like high school performances of it because yeah. it's mm -hmm. fairly innocuous it's not you know it's not really anything controversial or dirty or you know yeah risque I mean, or anything in it's it it's just a fun fun story yeah and everybody mm -hmm. just kind of gets yeah. so yeah it's a really good one for high schools and yeah and, and you know, amateur performances or you know productions yeah. to do but it, it's um, not as it's not as commonly done as some of the more obvious ones you know your things like, like your labels and your yeah. grease and and the like so it, unfortunately it's one that i've one. yet to be able to see on stage in person mm -hmm. so i've seen video yeah. of other people's performances on youtube but it's one i've not gotten to see yeah. live yet 
Um, well, I mean, and, and Pioneer Theater here in Utah, like they get professional, you know, theater actors to, to do that. So it's not like mm-hmm. it's a local community theater sort of thing. But but you're right. It is very common for high school, you know, kid, you know, those kinds of things to, to perform it. But it's just, yeah, and I think, I'm trying to remember, because we, I, I'm trying to remember if our, if our little community one, I think they did it, the, the one where I grew up, because we had a, 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 you know, it was a dinner theater, and they did, I remember they did Little After, they did Little Shop of Horrors, I'm, I'm pretty sure they did Music Man, and we went to it. I think that's probably the first time I ever saw it, mm-hmm. was little theater, and then I, then I, then and that that was about that must have been about this time that they did the Matthew Broderick one, which was on TV. And then later I found out, oh, there's this there's this version from the '60s. Let me watch that. And like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we had that we had the the this is one of the these topics where we had the music band on the list for last year because obviously 1962, right? Yeah, you know, the anniversary of it was last year, but stuff happen but right. you know it's like oh we're getting to it and the, the you know the broadway version just closed and it's also now the 20th anniversary of the the made for tv version which the less we talk about that the better uh <laughs> it's, it's so bad <laughs> why do you have to have an ice capade it's so so bad <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. I mean, no offense to Matthew Broderick or Christian Chenoweth or a lot of the a lot of the other cast. Like the cast, when you look at it, it looks like it should be very impressive. Oh yeah, it should be, but it's not. It's not Mm -hmm. because I mean Matthew Broderick, he has his place. Mm -hmm. This is not it. This is not. This is not the type of role for him. He is so wooden. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like like it. Again. And then you've got Christian Chenoweth, who is talented, extremely talented, but she is so like, she has so much personality and mm-hmm. then put her next to Broderick, who is so like one dimensional like, in this. And it makes her seem, guys... it makes her seem like outrageously over the top personality yeah, wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then, then you it's go not a good match. The... You, you go no. watch Robert Preston do it. It's like, oh, that's how the character is supposed to be. Okay. Right. Yes. Because, yeah. Because you've got this character. I was, I'll I have it linked in the show notes. I was, I was listening to this. Somebody put up the audio of this recording that Meredith Wilson had done with, I think it was his wife. Um, uh, just kind of talking about the show and playing some of the you know snippets of some of the songs and kind of explaining his thought process of the how the the show was developed and when he's talking about her at hill he's constantly referring to him as the hero which if you really want to like tear apart the music man harold hill is not a hero he is he is a con man and he never claims to be the hero Right. He always says, like, you know, I'm I'm gonna take these 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 dumb backwards hicks, or I'm gonna take them for a ride, get them all their money, and get e- out of exactly. here. Exactly. I mean, all of that. Yeah. And he even says, like, I got my foot caught in the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Robert Preston is so charismatic. Yes. In the he role is- that you can't help to fall in love with him. 
I know. And he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you are, like, yes, you are not a good guy. And, you know, they'll, you know, they talk about it at the beginning, like, you know, he's, he's made it, he's made it, made it bad for other door-to-door salesmen to, you know, sell musical instruments because he's, he's told all these lies and nobody trusts these guys anymore. And they're going to run, you know, if they get their hands on him, they're going to run him out of town and, and, and all this. So yeah, he is not a good guy at all. Mm-mm. But the way that, that Preston plays him or the way he should be played in any, um, in any iteration he has to be charming and charismatic and he has to, you have, he has to make you love him. Mm-hmm. Even though you're like, yeah, you, you're a terrible person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until mm-hmm. he's not. And then, he, yeah. you know, he, he, so it's just, it's so, it's, it's so endearing. And so, oh, just, and it's like, and it's kind of like, it, like part of me is like, I want to see how he did in those other towns. Like why, like what made, you know river city like because you know those people they talk about how stubborn they are and they're like not mm-hmm. they're, they're not cool with outsiders and they just stick with tradition and you you know nobody can nobody could sell anything to them you know i i they have that song iowa stubborn and mm-hmm. and all that it's like so i'm like so curious like how did those other towns like how did harold hill do in those other towns that he didn't was it just mm-hmm. because they were so stubborn that he had to really turn on the charm and really turn into a good guy to to really you know what what did, what about this this town changed him that these other towns did not and it maybe it is just because you know even the 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 river city people were like yeah we we don't want any of this but that then he just has to you know, go overboard with the charm and charisma that he actually is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be such a, such a mm-hmm. dick. Mm-hmm. Or take the lumps and move on to the next town and like, okay, yeah. better luck next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's just, maybe, maybe it's just because they are, because they are of their stubbornness. He's like, hey, I found, I found my place. I belong here. Yeah. I mean, not to say that, that River City is, or, you know, those people are terrible or anything like that, but at the same time, it's like, it kind of feels like he feels a kinship with them. Yeah. Although, again, so. if you if you want to, if you want to tear the story apart, it's like, eh, the people in River City aren't necessarily the brightest crayons in the box. You well, know? Okay, <laughs> I, let me, let me tell you, let me talk to you about this, because this is why my dad, who, you know, he's, you know, yeah, he's a he's a cultured he's a he can be a cultured man, but he's also you know small town farmer, also a businessman, and, and a lot of other things. And it just does not you know, like if you meet my dad, you would not really think that he would be into musicals, and typically he's not. But the reason, and he told me this, the reason why he loves this this show is because the town that he grew up in, which is more or less the same you know same town that we were raised in, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that like that town that river city was reminiscent of the town that he grew up in you know or you know what it was like at turn of the century so you got that that close-knit kind of insular small town that you know the people like there is a bit of a society there but they're not i mean they're not gonna it, it it's not like it's like a big city you know like the rockefellers or the Vanderbilts or the whatever but it's Mm -hmm. it's this little this little town like they have their they have their society they have their culture 
and they have, you know, kind of the gossip and they have, you know, the, the pick a little, talk a little bitties and the mayor <laughs> and the, all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like, that reminds him, it, it, it reminds me of the, of, of the town of, you know, of when he was a kid or, you know, like what the old timers talked about when he was really close to, to his dad, who was so much older and like that was his like like that 19 well okay grandpa my grandma and grandpa were born in 1919 but that that older generation mm-hmm. and so it just kind of that portrayal of that town just like, for my dad like it kind of felt like going home for him to mm-hmm. watch this watch this movie so that's why he liked it even though like most musicals like he just did he didn't really care about it, it was not his thing but he was like but this one this is the one and so like you know, to, to talk about, you know, you talk about the people of River City and how they're stubborn and they're not the brightest bulbs in the box and, and there's just all these little quirky things about them. And I'm like, I get those people. Those are the people I grew up around. And yes, some of them annoyed the crap out of me mm-hmm. but at the same time. Them's my people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you have this, you have this, this, uh, this Harold Hill coming in to sell to, to to sell a con to him and then he and then he comes out and it's like and then he realizes oh this is my town this is where I belong sort of a thing so so yeah it's like you know it's, it's this kind of I had this rural upbringing but also we'd go into town and you know we had you know the, the certain families and you had you know all these things it's like and it's just it's not good it's not bad it just is it just mm-hmm. is what it is so there maybe right. that's why I find that charm to it because when my dad explained to me like why he liked this why he liked this musical so much and it was because it, it reminded him of of where he grew up and some of the people that 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 he was around that you know yeah some of them can have their quirks and some of them annoy you but at the end of the day it's like it's not it's it's sort of family in a in a you know a, 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 an odd sense of community family mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. Well, it's just sense. like it's just like oh, they yeah, say in iowa stubborn you know it's like yeah. we could you know we could we could we could be face to face and not look each other in the eye but mm-hmm. if your crops fail we're gonna be right there to help you right yes. exactly or yeah. Or if somebody else is talking bad about you, uh, they can't talk bad about you. Uh-uh, no, sir. Because that, that's me. I got, it, it's like, I can talk bad about you, but like anybody else, right. like, uh-uh, you keep, you keep your mouth shut, honey. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so that, oh, and like everybody knows what everybody's doing and what's going on, mm-hmm. which, which can be annoying and, and a bad thing, but it's also it can be a good thing too, depending on the situation. So right. So yep. yeah, they're a little dumb, but they're also you know they're they they have um you know they have a different sort of charm to to them. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just it's just it, it just always kind of kind of it intrigued me that that's why my dad liked the well like this like this musical when he really didn't care for a lot of them. Yeah, this is one of this is one of my dad's favorites that yeah. uh, I'm I'm not entirely sure I but I I grew up in a household where you know we were all entertainment inclined, you know, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, choir or whatever. So I think it was just the mm-hmm. fact that it's just a it's a really really good music and you know it's 
it i mean this definitely as far as movie musicals go i mean it's it's not anything super flashy or no a lot of you know pomp and circumstance it's obviously it, it's filmed on sets you know yes. and, that, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing but i think that um again it, this would be an inter- interesting to see a stage version compared to this because of it being film they were mm-hmm. able to do things yeah that you can't necessarily do on stage especially with the choreography like they're able to go mm-hmm. way more out with things like you know the the marion librarian number mm-hmm. and utilize this big library set and do all sorts of things or things like shapoopy you know yeah. where they have uh-huh. some of these really cool overhead shots yeah where they can do interesting things with the choreography that you can't do on stage because it's not going to translate right well, well and so like com- compared to okay so the, the stage production i saw um so you know, in the stage production, it just ends like they like the band they play their final thing and they sound awful, but you know you have the parents who are saying that's my boy and I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you. That's my favorite. Yeah, and then it just ends. Whereas in the movie, they do this whole thing like you know they're gonna go play and like you know all of a sudden they're in these fancy band uniforms and got the really nice instruments and there's the the baton twirlers coming down and it's like this. And there's like hundreds and hundreds of people in the band. It's just like, I don't think that's that there's that many people in River City. No. <laughs> just going down and then the credits roll. So it's so, you know, when I think of, you know, things they can't do on stage that they can do on screen, I think of that finale when when Harold Hill just goes, please, you know, men, you know, please, you know, play well. I can't remember mm-hmm. what he says exactly, you know, focus. And then think and then the men you wit and G. Yes, think think the minuet and G, and then it just it's just over, and then there's the curtain call. I was like, oh, so when I saw it on stage, I was like, oh, I guess you know they really can't do the whole big bombastic, big parade at the end because how could you do that on stage? You don't, mm-hmm. you really can't. So you know, lights go down, curtain call, everyone claps, and you go home. Yeah, it, I think in the, if the 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 snippets I've seen, at least in the 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 version with that just closed with Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. like they they have them in the 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 not so flashy uniforms and have that, mm-hmm. but then when they come back for like the curtain call, they've got on the fancier uniforms and like you know everyone on stage has got an instrument and stuff, so they can't find somewhere in the middle, I think yeah to, to convey that so yeah which which i think is like it, it's indicative of like okay so you know when you're kids um you know and you're learning music or you do drama or or, or dancing or some kind of you know artistic thing or even sports it's like you know your parents are going to be proud of you no matter what even if you completely stink and they're just going to be happy that they got to see you perform something so mm-hmm. like this whole the the whole you know oh all of a sudden you're in the you know you know there there's the big there's the fancy uniforms and the big fancy band that's how the parents saw it it's not necessarily how it happened or what it you know what you know if an outsider was looking at it 
But that's how the parents are like, look at my boy, he's playing the trumpet. And it's all fancy and fun and they get excited over it. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like again, it's that it doesn't it's not a big story. It's not, you know, life changing or, you know, big and flashy, but it is very, you know, kind of close knit, intimate in that way that you can kind of like, you know, we're we're all kind of elbow to elbow in in, in life sort of thing. And we all understand each other, but nobody it but people outside really can't understand it for whatever mm-hmm. reason so you know it's it's like yeah you weren't you weren't the headliner on broadway but you were you know the, the second piccolo in the in your boys marching band mm-hmm. yeah so, uh, um and the the at least the original stage version compared to the film um obviously things are also tweaked (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. uh, a little um as far as uh some of the songs um and the the uh where they appear um like um some songs were were tweaked um like my white knight uh ends up turning into being in love (laughs) um so um um and some of the stuff takes place in different different locations but overall i mean it's uh the um uh the movie did well uh you know it uh it made almost 15 million dollars at the box office (laughs) wow which you know for that time period yeah quite a chunk of change (laughs) yeah it was the third highest grossing film in 1962 um 1962 being the year that we got lawrence of arabia sand way too much sand yeah um it was nominated for uh best picture best art direction best costume design best film editing best musical score which it did win for that and best sound recording um it did win for best motion picture musical at the golden globes imagine that uh um so um and then obviously we have the 2003 version that again the less we talk about yeah that one I, it was like it was made for like wonderful world of disney or something yeah and i, I remember like abc making a big deal about it that's when i watched it i'm like oh gosh yeah it was okay. wonderful world of disney again you look at the cast and you're like, oh, that's Matthew Broderick, Kristen Chenoweth, Victor Garber. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, you think? it should be good, but it's just, yeah. yeah. It, it's just, I don't know if it's the direction or just, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. Or whoever uh, was giving giving notes. I uh, I don't know what they were on when they were giving notes, but yes, it was uh, most definitely the wrong thing. <laughs> it's it's really sad because it's it's like with any remake, of course, it's going to be compared to the original. Which you know, if you've only ever seen the the film version, I mean, the film version is amazing. But then you also can compare it to you know Broadway productions and you know, other, mm. other, you know, theater companies doing it. And it's just kind of like, oh, it's, and then it gets even worse. I mean, the one, yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, I love the Mary and the Librarian segment. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, before Jared and I dated, I was just always like kind of swoony over that part because I'm like, oh, I wish someone would come in and like dance in the library and try to flirt <laughs> with me or whatever. Sweep um, me off my feet. Sweep me off my feet, all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, the one in the 2003, it's like this. I have no idea. I call it the ice capades um, segment because that's, I mean, there's no, there's no ice. They're not ice skating, but it sure looks like they want to. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this does not work for this movie. I'm sorry. I mean, the, the, the bit in the, 60, the 62 version works because it's just the you know the kids who are in the library in just their regular outfits and there's not anything flashy or or wild or crazy going on there it's just and it's just a good choreographed you know um what am i trying to call it just that that scene Mm -hmm. it's just solid and it's and it works just fine yeah and you know you know, Robert Preston could could charm the hair out off of you, no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Shirley Jones does such a good job. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially during something like that where she's just like, she's just so her just it's her frustration level just grows and grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. and and she's just trying to work, and she gets kind of oblivious to the fact that everybody started dancing, and at one point. She finally looks and her mouth just like hits the floor and you just it pans over and it's just like from ceiling to floor, just people all over the place holding books but still dancing. And <laughs> you got Tommy and, and- climbing the climbing the railing as he and Zillia are having like a Romeo and Juliet moment and mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. eventually she gets kind of sucked into it and she's dancing along with him and she's flinging her glasses off and being yep. being wooed and then she then she comes <laughs> back to her senses and you know eventually she tries to slap Harold and misses and hits Tommy <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just like... I, I guess that's like you know as far as like romance tropes like the kind of the stuffy you know I mean and, and you know and and Marion, she does, she has, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, she just has to, she's got to take care of her mom and her brother, and, mm-hmm. and everybody is whispering about her, un, you know, for, for, you know, wet, you know, fairly or unfairly, unfairly probably, but, you know, she just kind of has to weather it, and, you know, stiff up her lip and whatever, and then here comes this, this very charming and, and debonair, dashing single man who's, like, trying to, you know, so so that so, so that she doesn't see through his his con, but she does anyway, and and it's kind of his fault because he claimed he was go he went to a school that wasn't founded until a year after he he claimed to have graduated. Yeah, 
which is hilarious. It's like, yeah, don't try to pull a fast one over on a librarian because she will do, she will research that. And she well, and as, as someone who is a native Hoosier and has lived here my entire life and has been, I mean, obviously early 1900s, northern indiana probably quite a bit different than the way it is now but uh, right. hearing hearing him you know harold and then of course winthrop later when the the reprisal uh sing about gary indiana and how wonderful it is i'm like yeah no not the gary indiana now uh <laughs> back then yeah now no. i mean no <laughs> offense to gary indiana you know you've you you had you've your your current situation is un unfortunate that because gary is right up at the you know just just south of lake michigan you know uh, mm -hmm. right before you go from indiana into illinois to go into chicago um mm -hmm. so and nowadays it's it's a rundown because it used to be like steel mills and you, know, ah, you got a lot of okay. you got a lot of uh uh train uh you know like shipping and stuff but both between the trains oh. and from the lake and uh, you know it's a very it was a very blue collar town for the longest time it yeah. still is but it's just unfortunately it's not the nicest city in the, the, I mean, it's great. Besides, it's, the song here, its greatest claim to fame is that's where Michael Jackson grew up as a kid. So, that's mm -hmm. yeah, so that's the, the home of the Jacksons. So, so, so um, it's kind of a you know, it's seen better days, sort of. A, it has seen better days. Yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, but hearing him sing about how wonderful it is, you know, but it's better than Paris or Rome or New York, and I'm like. Yeah, maybe at the time when you wrote this, not so. I know because I don't know what Gary was like in the fifties when Meredith Wilson wrote this, yeah. but not now. <laughs> oh, apparently they 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 opened a Hard Rock Casino location in in May of twenty twenty one. Yeah, up there. Sorry, I was just looking it up. And I'm yeah, and and Hammond oh. is right is right near there. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's a casino there too. So that's where I saw Ringo Starr. Uh, oh, nice. Well, there you go. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, Gary, Gary, I don't think anybody f would burst down into song singing about Gary and the Animal Home Sweet Home without it being ironic these days. <laughs> <laughs> or sarcasm, yeah. depending on their, mm -hmm. how they yep. feel about it. <laughs> so, uh-huh yep okay no offense to gary i'm a hoosier you know we're, we're from well, from I mean, from top to bottom we are not the 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 poster child for you know high-end fancy well, cities in this state but you know well i mean every every state has had has one of those places it's like oh it was a boom town when this industry was there and then then that industry kind of kind of fizzled out and now it is no longer and it's got to figure itself out have a you know a different like what, what are you going to do and then there's those middle years where there's you know it's just kind of what it is yeah yeah i yeah. do i do yeah. wonder why of all the places that that's where meredith wilson picked considering he was from iowa 
<laughs> so, <laughs> no I guess idea. it flowed better. He's like, eh, it's kind of close to Chicago, and that's kind of fancy, but Chicago doesn't roll off the tongue quite yeah. as well. So. so, yeah, maybe maybe it was a lyrical thing, and it's like, so. Well, I mean, you wouldn't want him to be from Iowa necessarily, because you wanted to, you know, want him to at least have some sort of some anonymity to these people that, yeah, that he's trying to sell, because because yeah. he's already what he like gone through. Illinois and like ruin that for the for the salesman and a couple other places so he's yeah. like you know so he's going into Iowa because he's never been there and so he's like oh here fresh blood yeah well and you know we we don't really get a whole lot uh, other than when he first runs into Marcellus that we know that he's gone by at least one other different name mm-hmm. you know because Marcellus calls him Gregory um yeah and then, you know, obviously the boys' bands is not his only con either. You know, at one point he right. was trying to sell steam-powered look cars, and then somebody actually invented one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking speaking of Marcellus, just as a, as a as a footnote, <laughs> so Buddy Hackett. Hackett. Buddy Hackett. Oh my goodness. Uh, known known to certain of us of our generation as the place of settle in the Little Mermaid. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know he's he's a you know, comedian and, and other things too. So yeah, I was gonna say a, if you yeah. speaking of it, Disney, if you watch the the Love Bug movies, yes, yes. Uh, oh yes, he's, so he he's had, in a bunch of those. So yeah, so he yeah. had quite the career. It's just you know, again, first time I saw this movie, I was like, it's Scuttle. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he definitely had a, had a distinctive voice. <laughs> so I was, yeah. And then little yeah, Ronnie somebody, Howard. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody was talking about the 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 Disney live action remake of Pinocchio, and they were like talking about how I guess there's a, a talking seagull in that movie, and someone's like, like, well, who do you even get to voice a seagull? I'm like Buddy Hackett, but he's dead, so I right. guess you're out of I guess you're out of luck. <laughs> mm. So, oh bye. That's funny. Um, so something. This is kind of like this is an interesting little bit of trivia, but also kind of like oh, that's kind of sad. Um, that you know, obviously, as I was saying, the the movie did fairly well um, in the box office, and obviously the stage production beforehand. Uh, did fairly well and actually this current stage production did halfway decent considering it was like one of the first broadway shows to open at post-pandemic um so uh but meredith wilson in all of his all of his work because obviously this is the, the the one of the biggest things he's actually uh known for um although he actually wrote the song it's beginning to look a lot like christmas uh so whatever version comes on your radio at christmas time uh you could think <laughs> meredith wilson that that song exists um among other things uh but he actually made more money from the beatles cover version of till there was you than the movie and the brought the the uh, original stage production combined Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's 
that's a thing. Yeah. Which I do like the Beatles version of yeah. Zelda with you. So it is, it is, it is rather sweet for those that remember the early days of the Beatles. They did do some covers. <laughs> it was not all. <laughs> I want to hold yeah. your hand and she loves you. They did, they did do some covers in their day. And there is a version of <laughs> Zelda with you. Paul sings it. Um, it is actually very nice, a very nice version of it. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, speaking of till there was you, um, Shirley Jones was pregnant while filming the movie, and um, but because it was a period piece. They're like, you know, we'll just, you know, women still wore corsets then. So, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, put a corset on under your dress and just squeeze it as tight as, as possible without injuring, you know, her or, or the baby. Um, uh, but uh, she, she got fairly well along, at least far enough. I've never been pregnant. So, um, but when they were filming Till There Was You and you know, obviously, uh, Marion and 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 Harold are are singing to each other, and it's building up to this big crescendo. And eventually, they can't hold on any longer, and they have to kiss. You know, they yeah. get this tight embrace, and they kiss, and 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 all this, and they're they're filming that bit, and they kiss, and uh, they break apart. And apparently, uh, Robert Preston was like, "What the hell was that? The baby you kicked." And he felt <laughs> okay. Uh, now I'm even more impressed with her performance because having been pregnant twice and you know all of the above, I'm like, and you're singing and you're up, you know, you're 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 doing all of that. I'm just like, dang girl, mm-hmm. get it, because that is impressive. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Back away from my mama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and then and then Robert would meet said uh, uh, child years later. Um, it, uh, when he introduced himself, Robert's like, "No, we've met." Uh, so, because <laughs> if if you know anything about Shirley Jones and her career uh that that baby that decided that really needed to kick robert preston uh was david cassidy <laughs> so <laughs> uh so yeah when he met david cassidy years later david introduced himself he's like no yeah we met <laughs> you kicked me yeah we know we're good <laughs> you kicked me when you were in utero yep so. David Cassidy oh, rocking and rolling way before the Partridge family. Uh, uh, but uh, Shirley Jones would tell that story all of the time, and it was it was funny. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure that he's like he's like oh, um. <laughs> yeah. Also, a another um, a, a another uh, bit of trivia. Uh, later in uh, 1984, Robert Preston would go on to be in the Last Starfighter, 
mm-hmm. where he would play another lovable con man, which apparently that part was written for him and, and a nod to to Professor Harold Hill. Mm-hmm. So I, like with so which I did not know. So Jared showed me that movie and I'm like, wait a minute. It's it's Robert Preston. And he's playing another con man. Yeah. Okay. I remember, I remember when because Chauncey owns that one, so it was a, a movie that came into the to the marriage. I'd never seen it before. Uh, he's like, "I'm going to show you this movie," and I'm like, yeah, "Okay, whatever." And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, like, he I pops up on guy. the screen, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, that's Professor Harold Hill." <laughs> well, it I mean, obviously the uh, smooth talking con man is a it's a trope in itself but there's been lots of nods to uh this particular uh i think most probably for a lot of people most famously is marge versus the monorail episode of the simpsons uh so um it's it's yeah it's just it's it's such a girl good musical like all of the like all the numbers like there aren't really any any numbers where i'm like uh skip over this i mean obviously i have some favorites i don't know how many times i've listened to you got trouble um yeah it permanently etched in my brain um i I have a I I put I'll put together playlists for different holidays. I have seventy six trombones on my Fourth of July playlist. No, yeah. Or you know if I if I'm or if I'm you know waiting for a package, I'm like singing the Wells Fargo wagons. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember who I had to explain that to. Like someone was like, "Why is it the Wells Fargo wagon?" I'm like, "Well, because that's that's what the company before we had UPS." Mm-hmm. And that's why Wells Fargo, their their logo is a is a stagecoach with with uh, horses, because mm-hmm. that's what they did. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of something in there for 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 everybody. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got romance, you got the singing and dancing, you got. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a band nerd. <laughs> if you're a literary nerd there's lots of literature references yes. yeah my dad uh, had to ask me what Balzac was yes <laughs> like, well I've never read it myself but I do know yeah <laughs> yeah when when, like, when Harold Hill is singing about what kind of girl he wants a sadder but wiser girl and he wants Hester to win one more A it's like okay that's the okay. type of girl you want. All righty. Oh uh, boy, it's like that's a. It's like that 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 that's a that's a reference. Yes. <laughs> Again, if yeah, you haven't read the Scarlet Letter, folks. Usually, go. You've, you've read that by tenth grade. Yeah, if you haven't, go read it, yeah. and then you'll understand why that reference is like okay. <laughs> Or you know, go go read like the Cliff Notes or the TV Tropes version because it is such a boring, a boring book. Yeah, it is not. Oh. I mean, I know it's I know it's considered a classic, but oh, I, I like what my um my third teacher did. We um for for a little um we each had like a section and we had to 
um, translate it into some like like something different, like a modern or like a country song or something like that. Find <laughs> a lot more fascinating. Okay, that's the way to do it. I, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you this. Like I at work I got assigned to to put together a book list because every every so often we redo all of our system book lists and I did the adult classics this time and I and it's like you know it has to be ones that you would read or you would feel good about recommending and I was looking at the one from last year and I'm like oh these are all so depressing so I'm throwing I, I'm I'm putting stuff on there like the Count of Monte Cristo and what else did I put on there like like fun things like Don Quixote um uh you know sense and sensibility which I, I like you know some uh, some uh, some dickens stuff because and and a few other things that i'm like yeah th these other ones it's like it's like do i want to feel good about about humanity or do i want to you know go go <laughs> fling myself out of a window like i'm going to recommend it's like and i think scarlet letter was on there or maybe it was on the teen one i can't remember but i'm like you want people to hate reading because this is how you get people to hate reading <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just be careful. You don't want anyone to accuse you of uh advocating dirty books. Yeah. <laughs> I put a, I put the age of innocence on there, so <laughs> obviously I think the late I think those ladies just want to be able to say Balzac. <laughs> oh man, it's like as yeah, scandalously is... as possible. So um, I I, I <laughs> It, not now, because obviously it, it's still too cold and wet, but I, <laughs> where we live, um, but where my off my office setup sits at, at my, our home is uh -huh. we have a retention pond like a lot of places do. Um, yeah. But we have a, uh, they took down a number of our trees, uh, but they left one and there is a group of neighbors they call themselves the nuts neighbor neighbor under tree okay like society or something it's okay. mostly ladies although occasionally the men will come out there and they'll bust open like the one of the charcoal girls or whatever uh but it's mostly a little group a like, group of ladies when it's nice out they will pull their lawn chairs and go sit under that tree and just gab and gab and gab and gab again. and to me they're the the, the pickle little ladies i call them the yeah. hens because of that but a lot of people don't get my reference because <laughs> they no, haven't no, seen I'm... the dang musical i'm like oh okay okay so this the 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 shot in that in that scene uh like above the ladies with their feathered hats and the way mm -hmm. they're like bobbing back and forth i'm like if you've ever raised chickens and there are chickens in that scene for a reason. Chickens move exactly like that, just normally. Mm -hmm. And they're just, it's just kind of how they are. And I'm looking at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is set. That is like my, one of my favorite shots in that movie is, is just the, the hats with the feathers going back and forth and back and forth. I'm like, you guys, that is so totally what a chicken does. And it's not even funny how well, mm -hmm. how well they did that. It's like, yeah, you, I, I know you did that on purpose and you got it spot on mm -hmm. and i'm just so impressed by that i don't know how you guys managed it but uh yeah our our our, our pick a little talk a little 
ladies. Mm-hmm. I like pick a little. Uh, so, yeah, so, so, so yeah. yeah. So you have you have to see this movie to know what what pick a little what the pick a little ladies are. Yeah. Or when and I refer to my neighbors, the hens. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got them. They're, they're, everybody's got them. Every neighborhood. And if you don't think that you do, then you're probably it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. So, The Music Man, highly recommended. Get the 1962 version because it's amazing. And if you mm-hmm. ever, like, you're even if it's like the local high school, middle school production, go see it. It's just fun. But if mm-hmm. you get to see a professional uh, theater troupe do it, do that too. And I'm I'm sad that there's that the that the Broadway revival is over because I was like, oh, it'd be cool to see. But when I made it out to New York, yeah. probably not. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. I, yeah, there's some snippets out there. The cast, they did a do a cast recording um, that you can listen to. It's on Spotify or wherever you find music. I listened to the cast recording. Gotta say, I, really oh, wasn't, that, I wasn't that impressed. Really? I was kind of I was kind of disappointed in Hugh Jackman, actually. Huh. So I will. Which apparently the, the apparently the, the their their version got mixed reviews. Um, uh, well, like I'm looking up the, the like the cover of it. I'm like, that's the cover you guys went with. Okay. Yeah. That's a little. That's a yeah, because it was like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if maybe something was lost in translation between the stage version and the cast recording. I can't imagine that's the case because usually with these cast recordings, they try to capture as much yeah. of what it would be like if you were seeing it a person but mm-hmm. yeah just Hugh Jackman I mean it's not Matthew Broderick bad well but... I thought he'd have done well because like because he's kind of he's got that kind of presence and he I does mean, he played, you would you you would you would think T. T. that Barnum, or no yeah the, the the greatest showman now I'm blanking yeah. on the guys is it Barnum yeah 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 it's, it's like Barnum. Guy yeah okay yeah you would you would you would think so but at least based on the the cast recording huh something's missing and i'm not entirely sure what it is i mean someone else out there if they've listened to it and you've got a different opinion or maybe you have the same opinion and you can put it in words better than i can uh, I will, yeah, I, I was really excited when they were like, "Yeah, we're doing a cast recording." I'm like, "Sweet!" Then I was like, "You know, had a car road trip, and Chauncey yeah. was listening to his thing." I was like, "Sweet, that means I can listen to mine." So I'm like, "Go listen to the music band," and I was like, "Yeah, you know, like you know, uh, yeah. you know the the train, you know, Rock City mm-hmm. is you know obviously the opening number, and it's like, oh yeah, you know." cash for the merchandise but then it like yeah yeah, it gets into it with yeah like uh you know obviously the herald's first big number is you got trouble um Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah this isn't as good as i thought it was gonna be so i don't i don't know i don't know if it's just by my expectations were too high or what Hmm. so yeah somebody else uh, you know maybe give it a listen and give me your two cents (laughs) 
I will I will have to I'll have to listen to it. I mean on iTunes it's like twenty five bucks, but maybe I can well, it's I'll on Spotify. On. I'll get it off Spotify, I think, and just yeah. kind of give it a try because uh, yeah, because I remember hearing like, oh, we're doing, you know, Hugh Jackman's going to be in the Music Man. I'm like, that is brilliant casting. I wish I could see it. And now I'm hearing that it didn't do so well. I'm like, well, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just, I'm just putting the plug out there. So, so go, go, go get the Robert Preston version, and you will. That one I can, I can heartily recommend. Yeah, it's, it's I will, out there. I on. will put my stamp of approval on that one. Yeah, that one is readily available, mm-hmm. DVD, Blu-ray. Well, DVD I know for sure, because our library has like 14 copies. So check with your library. I, I, I don't know it. if it's streaming anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I own it too. I, I, I it's, it, it's, again, one of my desert island discs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I got to have the music, man, y'all. So, but it's a good one. So, yeah. Yep. So, if you've never seen it, that's a good version to start with yes mm-hmm. and 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 uh you know and any amateur production of it like your local community theater or the high school or whatever go go see it go and go go support local theater too yep yeah if, if that is if that is available in your area anyway anybody else want to chime in any more two cents i think yeah i think you ladies said Said what I we was didn't, say. I didn't mean oh. to monopolize the time, but I get no, really excited no. about this one. No, I love this musical. Yes. I need to go watch yep. it again. Mm-hmm. I will watch this. This is one of my dad's, one of my dad's favorite too, along with my mm-hmm. mom. So I can remember sometimes when it was on, we'd sit mm-hmm. and watch. So it's just like going back. I mean, wonder what it is this... about this movie that every like this is like yeah. the favorite of dad. Oh, my, dad, my dad was a ba- he was in the school band ah, okay. in high yeah. school and that and I think he might have helped play for the musical I'm not 100% sure okay well see, see that, that makes that makes sense I'm yeah. just like my dad like I said he is not a, he, like he'll go to plays like if we're in him or something like that but he's like not really into you know musical theater or anything like that but this one he's like yep we're gonna watch this I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, anyway. the small town aspect, too, because his yeah. grandparents yeah. and parents kind of lived on the, you know, farm and kind of that small town feel. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason yeah. that it, yeah. you know, and maybe you could see those people. Yeah. It's like, oh, I know, I know those, I know those ladies. I know mm-hmm. that school board. I know that mayor. Mm-hmm. You'll watch your phraseology. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, well, if anyone wanna hear more and more poop out of you. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, yes. any of our listeners want to chime in on the music man if they've seen if they've seen the theatrical produ- or you know a theater production or any of their favorite film, either the favorite film versions, uh or you know, make a case for the Matthew Broderick one if, if you if you feel brave. <laughs> or did you see the the Hugh Jackman revival on Broadway? That'd be awesome to hear about. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, just you know, anything at all. Send us some feedback. Our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, which is the fiveishfangirls.com, and that has links to all of our social media. 
to our Patreon and merch shop and just different ways to support the podcast. We also have a YouTube channel and Instagram and Facebook. You can leave comments there. And as, as always, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting and feedback. Is any feedback and anything else that, uh, that you all do to support us? We're glad that you're here and hope you are all doing well. And always, as always, we, we, we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, have a good week, y'all. All right. Uh, with that, we shall sign off for this week. This is Rainbow saying goodnight. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Ladies, ladies, Tempest Fugit! Thank you for listening to the Five Ish Fangirls. Please visit thefiveishfangirls.com for details on how to further support the show, along with information on our nonprofit, Fangirls Give Back. We love our Fiveish fam and appreciate all of your feedback, shares, and encouragement. Remember to keep letting your geek flag fly.